Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance guests on the Goodyear Hotline with great candor from not one, not two, but three athletes with GOAT attached to their names. You will hear from them all, plus NBA draft, baseball trades. We're full up. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Pablo, do you think Rodgers can flourish in Green Bay being this angry? He's going to flourish, and what does that mean? The Packers are going to get a ransom. They're going to get a haul in exchange for him when they try and trade him after this season. I'm going to give you Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. That was the best press conference I've ever seen. There is a part of me that will always be that reporter that sat there in press conferences, and the football team I covered was the Chicago Bears. And there were any number of occasions where when Mike Ditka walked in, I thought to myself after he finished talking, you know what? I would have paid admission to sit in this room and listen to Mike Ditka say the things he just said. I felt that way yesterday, listening to Aaron Rodgers, watching him on my treadmill, or excuse me, on my elliptical as, I was, as he was talking. I just wanted to yell at the screen, Aaron, just keep going. I'm going to be in the best shape of my entire life. And speaking of people in great shape, Chris Canty, good enough to stick around a few minutes after get up here. I assume by now you've heard much of what Aaron Rodgers said. I won't take the time to play a bunch of it for you. Let me go directly to Chris Canty as a longtime NFL player who understands the dynamics of locker rooms, who understands the dynamics of relationships, particularly between star players and the front office. What was your biggest takeaway from what Rodgers said yesterday? Well, the fact is Aaron Rodgers isn't over whatever issues that he had with the front office, and I thought he did a good job of kind of spelling out some of the things that bothered him, including not having the level of influence in the organization that he would like, but also not liking how the front office handled certain veteran players that were integral to this team's success over the past decade, how they treated those guys on their way out the door. And, I mean, he came with the receipts, Greeny. He ran down the list of the players that he had an issue with. And, of course, his good friend Jordy Nelson, having that insight, that information that he would be willing to take a pay cut and the Packers not even approaching Jordy Nelson with that option. So I just think that Aaron Rodgers let, let his issues be known yesterday. I think that was an opportunity for him to get it off his chest so he can move forward and he can pivot and be about the business of trying to win football games this fall. So then let me ask you this, because I'm sure, I am on your side, by the way, I am on Rodgers' side in this, but I'm sure there are many people who were listening to what he said yesterday and said, let me see if I've got this straight. They're paying you millions of dollars to play football, and you're complaining because they say to you, just play football. You do that job. That's the job we're paying you to do, and we'll do our job. I'm sure there are people who don't see it the way I see it or you see it. What do you say to them? Well, for Aaron Rodgers, it's not about the money. He's already articulated that throughout the course of this offseason, and he reiterated it yesterday. This is not about the money. He's made a bunch of money. For him, it's about being able to compete at the highest level, and he'd like to have some say-so in terms of putting the pieces around him to allow him to play at the highest level and get his team to the point where they can be back in the Super Bowl and they can win championships. I mean, after all, that's what everybody is in this thing to do in the first place, is to try to win championships. And with what happens with Brian Gutekunst over the last couple of years, there's been a level of frustration that's been mounting for Aaron Rodgers, and I think that NFC Championship game actually put him over the top when he saw how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have treated Tom Brady, going out there and getting him all the things he wanted. You want Antonio Brown, even though Bruce Arians isn't sold on it? 
their general manager went out and made that happen. We got Rob Gronkowski out of retirement. We signed Leonard Fournette. We drafted a right tackle to fortify the offensive line. All for you, Tom. And then, oh, by the way, if that's not enough, we'll go ahead and turn the offense over to you after the bye week and see what you do. And Tom Brady rewarded them with winning eight straight games in the Super Bowl. Like, Aaron Rodgers saw that. So, I mean, to, to have that and you, you look at that juxtaposed upon what Aaron Rodgers is dealing with in Green Bay, that's hard for a quarterback, uh, any player of his stature, to, to get past. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. That's what I'm trying to get to here, though, is the way the, pack, the Bucks have handled Brady seems to me to be the exception. All right, so let me give you a quick thought here. Stephen A. Smith, who's not working this week, but he went on Instagram to react to all of this. The, the sentence that I saw from his post was, he said the Packers, that, that, that Rodgers feels the Packers treated him like trash. Mm. And what I would say is, I don't agree with that. They treated him like a football player, and football players are generally treated like trash. That is the reality. Chris, this was your life for a long time. I just watched it. Mm. I just covered it. And in my experience, football players are told by the people they work for, where to go, when to be there, what to do, what to think, what to say, what not to say, what to wear, what not to wear, what to eat, what not to eat. And if you question any of it, generally speaking, they will replace you without a single thought. And it feels to me like Aaron Rodgers is basically saying, I have earned the right not to be treated like everybody else. And I agree with that. But I think the Packers look at it as though he's a great player, but he's a player. And that's how football players generally get treated. Certainly in that organization, it seems that way. When someone like me says something like that, what do you think? Well, my first thought is that quarterbacks are closer to the front office and ownership than they are to the other 52 guys in the locker room. Hmm. And I've spent 11 years in the NFL, and I've seen this thing play out. Like, quarterbacks are treated differently. I mean, back in the day, Greeny, you know this by covering the sport, they had the quarterbacks club, which was separate and apart from the NFLPA. So, I mean, this is a situation where everybody understands that quarterbacks are treated differently because they can have that kind of impact on your team winning. It's the most important position in all of team sports. And so when you have a quarterback, especially one that can play at an MVP level like Aaron Rodgers, a guy that's actually already won a Super Bowl for your franchise, there should be a different level of treatment in terms of his level of influence as opposed to other people in your franchise. In your experience, did that exist? Which is to say the great quarterbacks you played with, I'm thinking of one right off the top of my head. Did they have the kind of authority within the organization that Rodgers is talking about? They absolutely did. They had the authority. They had the open lines of communication with people in the front office. Maybe it wasn't something where they were – going as far as to say, we want this person, but when asked their input, they were always asked about their feelings about it. They were always asked for input. There was always that respect level that they, that was there. And it's clear to me, and listen to the Rogers press conference yesterday, th- the respect level is still not there between him and the general manager, Brian Kudekunz. It's just not. Now, I think they... They appeased him to some degree by going out and making a deal for Randall Cobb. I feel like they patronized him, but that's just me. Uh, I, but ultimately, this is going to come down to Aaron Rodgers trying to get the concessions from the organization about what happens after 2021 because right now he's locked into the Packers for this season. Green and Chris Canty is good enough to stick around a few minutes with me here on ESPN Radio after we wrapped up our television show this morning. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. So if you're a football fan now, we're talking about an all-time great player, 
on a really good team. It's a team that's been in the NFL's Final Four each of the last two seasons. So I would imagine the question that really matters is, now he's there. He didn't miss anything of consequence. He was there for the first practice of training camp, which is more than the Jets rookie can say. So my question to you is, will it have any impact? All the things that have happened, all the words that have been said, all the feelings that have been expressed, will they have any impact on whether or not that team wins the Super Bowl this year? Not one bit. Hmm. This is not going to have a negative effect on the Green Bay Packers in terms of what we see on the field in 2021. In fact, Greeny, I think this could be something that actually galvanizes that locker room. This could be somewhat of a rallying cry. I mean, you saw Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers post the picture of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen from the last dance last week on their social media accounts. Like, I mean, this, this could be something where everybody in the locker room sees Aaron Rodgers standing up for players, both past and present within the Packers organization, and they all... Focus in, they all lock in, and they all go out there and do something really special on the field. Like, I think that's the only way where Aaron Rodgers has some type of vindication for um, the things that he's been feeling and what he's been trying to get the organization to do in terms of changing their position, their philosophy on how they deal with players having input on the club. So I just think that this could be one of those things that brings that locker room a lot closer together. This could be the type of adversity where it's just all of them kind of bind together. Uh, you hate that it has to be, uh, you know, because they're binding together against the general manager. But right. if that leads to them winning games this fall, I don't think anybody with Green Bay Packers organization is going to care. Right. And, and Dominique said it on, on TV with us this morning. There's always an element of us versus them between the players and the front office anyway. So maybe this isn't all that unusual. Very quickly, because this obviously is the number one story in sports and in football today. But while I have you here... I have to ask you, many across the country may not know, but Chris Canty is a talk show host locally in New York, DCR, in the mornings on ESPN Radio New York. There is only one rookie who was drafted in the first round this year who is not currently in camp with his team, and his name is Zach Wilson, and he was the second pick in the draft of the New York Jets. And they're handing him the keys to the car immediately. He will be the week one starter. They don't have anybody else, and yet he's not there. At what point does that start to become a real problem, the kind of thing that will actually impact his ability to play well this season? Greeny, if it lingers past this weekend, it's something that makes you raise an eyebrow. And I know you're a huge Jets fan. This is your future franchise quarterback. There is nobody else that's on the roster that you think is capable of being your week one starter. They've got Mike White and James Morgan. I mean, right now... Mike White took the first uh, snap yesterday, and I had to Google who he was. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the whole point of it. Right Right now, the only guy that... The guy that's thrown the most passes in the NFL game is Jamison Crowder, your slot receiver. So, I mean, that's that's the reality of where the Jets are at at the quarterback position. Why? Why is this happening? Well, you know why it's happening, Greeny. No, I know know the reasons it's happening, but why is this happening to me? Am I just not supposed to be happy? Like, everything (laughs) seems to be going in a positive direction, and now this nonsense as as training camp gets underway. Why is this happening? It shouldn't be happening, Greeny. That's the reality of it. I I don't understand why they're picking this hill to die on with the offset language and the cash flow and the payout. All the rookie contracts are slotted. Slotted! So so it doesn't doesn't feel like it's something that should be a huge hang-up. They had plenty of time to get this done. The last thing you want to do is delay your future franchise quarterback in terms of when he's going to start his career, when he's going to start training camp. All of those reps are invaluable for him because you know he's got to be your week one guy. There is nobody else that you can trust to be your starting quarterback in the regular season. So it just doesn't make any sense from my perspective why the Jets don't have Zach Wilson in camp right now. For the love of Christmas, 
get this kid in camp. Meanwhile, Canty, you're the best. Thank you for hanging out, my man. It was great, as always, and I will see you soon. All right. Thanks for having me on. Chris Canty here with us on ESPN Radio. All right, as we continue, so much going on in the world of sports. One huge shoe dropped before the baseball trade deadline yesterday. Coming up, I'll tell you which superstar from a different sport is likely to be traded today. That's next on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. One huge shoe drops before the baseball trade deadline. We'll get into that, and we'll tell you which superstar from a different sport is likely to be traded today. Those are 30 seconds away after this word from ZipRecruiter. If you were a business owner who was hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash at ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light, green light. with Greeny. Give me the green light. All right, baseball trade deadline is tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to give the green light to my man Hembo, who is uh, alongside here today, as always. Proud member of the Hashtag Crew and my VP of Baseball Analytics. As the first shoe dropped yesterday, and it dropped in the Bronx, Joey Gallo acquired by the New York Yankees, and we spent so much time wondering, will the Yankees buy? Could they possibly sell? Is it worth mortgaging a, a significant chunk of your future to try and rescue this season? And they answered that in an enormous way yesterday. 
Joey Gallo might very well be the biggest name that is traded at the trade deadline and the Yankees landed him. Now, I view this as a massive risk, but I do view it as a risk worth taking. Here's what I mean. The reason it's a massive risk is because Joey Gallo is a 211 career hitter. He batted 181 last year, and in theory, what the Yankees should have been looking to do is add some diversity to their lineup, to add players who don't just walk, strike out, or hit home runs, and he is the very definition of the three-true-outcome player. But the reason it's a risk worth taking is that there's a lot more to Joey Gallo, of course, than that. He's one of the more prolific home run hitters we've ever seen. He's an outstanding outfielder. He's actually the best outfielder in baseball this season by defensive run saved. He has a lot of value as a base runner. And most importantly for the Yankees, he's a left-handed hitter. They needed a left-handed hitter to occupy the middle of that order. And amongst all the names that will be you know, flying around over the next day or two, He's probably the best left-handed bat that was going to go. And the Yankees got him without giving up any of their top 10 prospects. So that was where I was going to push back when you said what they needed to do was add diversity to their offense. Well, they're so right-hand dominant that this does add that level of diversity, right? It, it does in some sense. And by diversity, I merely mean how many different ways you can score runs. This is not going to change that for them at all. They're going to still try and hit home runs to beat you. But I suppose the middle of the season is not the ideal time to be reconstructing your organizational philosophy, right? right. They're, they're just going to lean into this thing. And if they wind up losing in the playoffs, shouldn't they be fortunate enough to make it because they didn't hit enough home runs, uh, home runs, that's a hill they're going to be willing to die on. But if they wind up making it that far, of course, Joey Gallo is going to be a big reason why. Go, uh, Greeny and Hembo, and you suggested that there is a movie in which a moment like this may have come up, which is to say the classic, and I do mean classic. I do not think that's overselling a great a movie my cousin Vinny is, in which with the trade of Joey Gallo yesterday got you thinking about this. Did you say Jerry Gallo? Yes, I did. Gallo with the G? That's right. Jerry Gallo's dead. I'm aware of that. Well, I'm not Jerry Gallo. I'm Jerry Callow. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not sure which of those the Yankees acquired yesterday, but he's alive and he's going to the Bronx and the Yankees make the first big move. And again, the Cubs are really kind of waiting this thing out to the last minute. When I had Buster only on TV this morning, he gave me four huge names that he expects to be traded. Three of them are Cubs, <laughs> right? I mean, and Bryant yes, and exactly Kimbrel right. and, uh, and who am I? Oh, and Anthony and Rizzo. Then, yes, and he didn't even mention Javier Baez, who's also on that list. And, and then he talked about Max Scherzer. So when, you know, they're ta- obviously, that, to me, if you're a Cubs fan, that's a good sign because it means they're sifting through a lot of mm-hmm. different offers no and they're playing everybody against each other. And that suggests they're going to get a ton back in return, which you have to do. But what is your expectation relative to those guys being moved by tomorrow afternoon? The likeliest scenario for Chris Bryant from everything that I read is that the Mets are going to trade for him. They seem to really want to be aggressive here. And while they are four games clear of the Phillies, they still need one impact bat. And he provides them that and can play a bunch of different positions. Uh, as far as Rizzo is concerned, it seems like Anthony Rizzo seems like a, a great fit in Boston because they desperately need a left-handed bat like the Yankees did, but they also need a first baseman. He occupies that role brilliantly, and it's not obvious to me that re-signing with the, with the Cubs long-term is an option. And Craig Kimbrell might be the prize that nets you the biggest return, actually, because this time of year, it seems that bullpen arms, especially the guys that can throw 100 and miss bats the way that he can, are the most prized possession. And he's the number one guy on the market, and you control him next year. So I think the Dodgers and the Red Sox are going to be the two teams sort of um, vying for his services. The, the other name that you mentioned was Max Scherzer. He doesn't want to go to New York, as we know. I think he's another name that you could see the Dodgers circle. The Dodgers, Giants, and the Padres are all so good, so aggressive. That, that to me, is an interesting subplot of the trade deadline here. Which of those three teams wins the deadline? Because the answer to that question might very well uh, determine who wins the National League West. Well, I mean, 
Buster suggested today he thinks that the Dodgers are going to get both Scherzer and Kimbrell. <laughs> if they do that, that obviously, and again, they're going to, I don't want to even talk about this in the same context. Mm-hmm. Remember, the Dodgers are now going forward without Trevor Bauer. They've right. had one of the best pitchers in baseball mm-hmm. who is off of their roster at this point temporarily, but indefinitely, and it feels like it's going to stay that way, and that's a whole other horrible situation. But the point is, um, they have a need, right? This doesn't just make them a superpower. They actually have a need. Yes, they have a need because it's, it's, it's not often. I mean, usually when this kind of thing's happened, it's, it's an injury. Their best pitcher, the ace, the, the pitcher who won the National League Cy Young Award last year, who they counted on for this season, is, like you said, out indefinitely, and we're not expecting to see him again. So we know that the Dodgers are aggressive this time of year. They traded for Manny Machado at the trade deadline. Uh, they traded uh, for Yu Darvish at the trade, trade deadline, you might recall. So this is what they do. This is a time of year when they can really flex their financial muscles and say, we can pay Scherzer, we can pay Kimbrell, and just go for it. And this is the first time in a while that, in their, in their case, the division has actually been in peril. All right, so we will see. Some teams are on the clock, and that brings me to my poll question today. You can go at Twitter or on Twitter to at ESPN Greeny for my poll question today, which is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. And the question is about the baseball trade deadline, and quite simply, it is this. Which team do you think faces the most pressure to make a big deal between now and the deadline? The Mets, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, or other? Hembo will give you the vote. Which team do you think is under the most pressure to make a deal? I actually answered other, and the reason for that is because I believe the answer to that question is the Phillies. Yes, I am a Phillies fan, but they are four games behind the Mets. They're all in to win this year, and they have an opportunity to do so with a really easy schedule the rest of the way. I think the Phillies could throw some haymakers today and tomorrow and see if they can leap past the mess over the next two months. The answer to that question for me is other, and it's because it's the Phillies. All right, and then let me swing all the way back to my buddy Nuno today, the producer of this fine program, who is a crazy Yankee fan who was just airing his grievances, which we're going to do a little later. He, he, was, he was giving an Aaron Rodgers quality airing of grievances <laughs> Earlier this week, after which was the horrendous Yankee loss that he was talking, about? <laughs> the, I can't for this three sun, of them. Uh, this past Sunday, oh, it was the Domingo Herman game. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the the the, the no hitter game. <laughs> so, and you said at that point, burn it down, fire everybody. I don't even want to talk about it. Now they've made the the aggressive move. What does Nuno say today? That's cute, but we need to keep you need to keep doing more things. Like this pitching staff needs to improve. You still probably need to add a couple arms to that bullpen. Like just get it done. That's cute. There's something about Nuno saying that's cute about the acquisition of the best defensive outfielder in baseball who hits home runs like he's Babe Ruth. I think that's hilarious. I have a cute stat that I just find absolutely ridiculous now that the Yankees have Joey Gallo. So what I did, Greeny, is I looked up every hitter in baseball history and who averages the most home runs per game or per 162 games. Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Giancarlo Stanton, and Joey Gallo all rank inside the top eight. On a per-game basis, the Yankees in their lineup t- tomorrow, uh, presumably, will have four of the eight most prolific home run hitters in baseball history. Yeah, in history. In history. The, 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 the other four are McGuire, Ruth, Sosa, and Juan Gonzalez. And then the four guys that are going to be batting two, three, four, and five for the New York Yankees tomorrow. Okay, so if, if you can't <laughs> win with that, then, you know, I, I give up. So let's see what winds up happening there as, as they go forward. Baseball trade deadline around the corner will be very interesting to see what winds up happening. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract. All on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 
The Scoop. Meanwhile, I told you that while we have the baseball trade deadline working here, we also have the potential for an enormous move to be made in a different sport, and that sport is the NBA. Adrian Wojnarowski, the legendary Woj, tweeting yesterday, the Philadelphia 76ers continue to canvas the league for Ben Simmons trades armed with a steep asking price. Simmons and his agent, Rich Paul, are in step with a move elsewhere. Draft night is always an ideal vehicle for a deal, but talks could continue into summer. So the expectation is, or at least there is a real chance, that the the Sixers are going to trade away Ben Simmons today. I'll come back to you, Humbo, because you are a fan of all things Philadelphia sports. What are you hoping happens between now and 8 o'clock tonight? Yeah, I did Philly radio earlier this week, and the consensus seems to be pretty clear in Philadelphia. There are two guys, there are two players on the 76ers fans' wish list as far as a trade for Ben Simmons is concerned. Player one is Damian Lillard. We all acknowledge how wonderful a fit he would be next to Joel Embiid. We also acknowledge that that's not a fair one-for-one for for Portland. It's going to be Simmons. It's going to probably be Matisse Thibel, a really good 3-and-D player, a bunch of picks, and who knows what else. But heaven and earth is essentially what you'd be willing to move for Damian Lillard. The second player is Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal presumably would be an excellent fit alongside Joel Embiid and provide the Sixers a shot-making that they've not had in quite some time. But again, we don't know with either of those players if they're even available. Well, they're, they're both, to use Nuno's term, they're both being cute. Like Bradley Beal is sending out signals that he might demand a trade but not doing it. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard is talking about how he doesn't want to demand a trade, but he kind of does. So uh, who, I, they, they're giving themselves plausible deniability right up until the moment they wind up in another uniform. What do you think of all this, Nuno, as you sit back and watch and wait and see if your beloved Knicks are able to make any moves out here? Because I know that the guy you want more than anything in the world is Damian Lillard. What's your perspective on the Simmons trade today? I mean, I think it has to be done. I think the only fair value would be for another superstar. But honestly, I don't know if they get that at some point and they just might have to take draft picks from someone uh you know like a i know he's not going to stay there like an okc like that type of thing that then can flip them to someone else yeah i mean i don't know what what exactly is the right thing for the sixers here and i don't know what the best thing is for ben simmons but i do think that that is a marriage that is over like simmons will never whatever the heights he has the potential to reach are he will not reach them in Philadelphia now. And whatever, well, there's only one goal the Sixers have at this point, and that is to win a championship while Joel Embiid remains healthy, and they will not do that with him. Yeah, Ben Simmons feels very Carson Wentz-y to me as a, as a fan. Let me flip this idea to you, Greeny, because the draft is tonight. Yeah. The Warriors pick seven and the Warriors pick 14. What do you make of the idea of possibly Simmons going there to play with Curry, Thompson coming back, and Draymond Green? Is, is, is that too many cooks in the kitchen, or do you think the way that he plays, given the fact that he's not even interested in shooting, would make him a perfect fit alongside no, He won't take guys? any shots away from, from Steph and Clay. that's for he sure. He will go full games without shooting. But is that enough? You're trading him for the 7th and 14th picks in the draft? Pick 7, pick 14, Andrew Wiggins is still there, and James Wiseman is still there. If the Sixers are looking to get younger, they have some very interesting assets, and that would make something of a super team. Wiseman is a big, I mean, it's, I'm thinking if you, you could find a way to turn this into Bradley Beal, that would be the slam yeah. dunk of the millennium Mm -hmm. because if you look at whatever the like I don't know how you describe this 
but what two things are as far apart from each other as they can possibly be? Yeah. They are uh-huh. Ben Simmons and Bradley Beal. <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> right? absolutely. Those are the two most <laughs> opposed forces in the universe. <laughs> like one of them is the immovable object and one of them is the irresistible force. That's right. Um, and, and so to me, that would be the best. If you can get... You can offer me the seventh pick, the fourteenth pick, and 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 Andrew Wiggins. And but, if I had a chance of getting Bradley Beal, oh, I yeah. would scoff at that. Mm-hmm. I think if I wake up in Philadelphia tomorrow and I've got the seventh pick, the fourteenth pick, and James Wiseman, I don't think I'm feeling so good about. No, myself. but that might be what you get. Out of curiosity, though, what do you make of that fit for the Warriors? If I had to pin you down on that, do you think that makes the Warriors a, a legitimate championship contender, or does it weaken them somehow? No, I think it makes them. A, if what they give up is Andrew Wiggins or James Wiseman uh-huh. plus the draft picks, mm-hmm. it makes them much better. Obviously, Simmons is an unbelievable defensive player, and he's a magician with the ball in his hands. He sets up Steph. He sets up Clay. Uh, you know, Draymond Green runs and facilitates that offense, but I think everyone wants to play with a guy who doesn't want to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody wants to play with that guy, and he's a great and elite defender. You're going to have to go up against LeBron in the playoffs. I mean, that's the guy you put on. It's the matchup we all want to see. I think it makes Golden State way better. I mean, that's, it's, that's why it's such an intriguing fit to me. And I think Nuno is right. There's no obvious reason for me to believe that Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard are going to be traded to the Sixers tonight for Ben Simmons as the, as, as the primary piece, given how much value he just lost. To me, the Warriors are the most interesting team in all of this. All right, we'll see. And, and maybe, again, as uh, Woj pointed out in the tweet, it doesn't have to happen today. But this is usually where these kinds of deals get made. Free agency is around the corner. So we'll see. Let's see if a superstar in the NBA is traded today. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Meanwhile. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Circling it back to Aaron Rodgers for a moment here, who aired his grievances in an enormous way yesterday in a news conference Uh, In Green Bay, Wisconsin, our Tony Kornheiser on Pardon the Interruption watched that. And again, Tony has been at this thing longer than I have. I've been covering sports for 30 years. Tony's been covering sports just about as long as I've been around at all. So Tony had an enormous reaction right off the top of PTI yesterday, so much so I wanted you to hear it. This was Mr. Tony with his take on Aaron Rodgers yesterday. I'm going to concentrate right now on what a wow it was to see Aaron Rodgers and hear Aaron Rodgers say these things. I did not expect this at all. I thought he would be typically coy and mysterious and hazy and sort of superior, and he was not. And I took notes on this, okay? He was specific. He was angry. He was methodical. And, Pablo, this was the pain of years. This wasn't just, as he said, a draft day decision a couple of years ago. I I mean... He sat there and he said, I'm quoting now, Green Bay is not a vacation spot. People are coming here to play with me. And he said, I offered to help recruit them, and the Packers didn't want any part of this. He listed these guys name by name by name that he Mm -hmm. thought the Packers dealt with in a shabby manner. And he knew as he was doing this that he was speaking directly to the coach and the general manager, and the president of that team. And he made it very clear he hated them. And I have to tell you, Pablo, and and thank you for saying this, as someone myself driven by spite and anger my whole life, I thought he was a working-class hero, and I wanted to sit there and applaud. I did. That's Tony Kornheiser yesterday on PTI. And I think a lot of people felt that way because Rogers has achieved the status in his life through his own brilliance, that he can genuinely get away with stuff no one else could. There are 
20 players in the National Football League, maybe, who could hold that press conference yesterday, say those things, and have the ramifications be exclusively positive. The reaction from the front office in Green Bay will be to try and do everything they can to make him happier, not in any way to admonish him for having humiliated them publicly, which is exactly what he did. But the more important piece of what he did is that he aired his grievances. And the airing of grievances is an important part of our show here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. And so coming up next, it's been too long since we've done it. If you are a sports fan, in my experience, you tend to be aggrieved. So let's have the airing of grievances next. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your chance to air your grievances coming up next here after this word from Samsung Galaxy. Maybe you'll call in on one. Samsung Galaxy, Reddit user Jaw1073 says, you got to look yourself in the mirror and ask, am I ready for this life? You won't be able to go back to mediocre after this. Are you ready for this life? Find out at Samsung.com slash reserve. The grievance line is open next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Call and click today, find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance, and it is time to open the grievance lines. I'm going to ask our audio people to please come in and do this. I don't care if it's on camera. I can't hear. So we're going to be taking phone calls here, and I, if I don't have the ability to hear what people are saying, then it's not going to, <laughs> this is not going to work. One way or another, the airing of grievances was inspired by this. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. All right, and so now we're going to hear it from you at 888-SAY-ESPN. Let's see how this goes. Who's on the board today? All right, Connor, who's our first on the grievance line? Let's bring in Josh. All right, Josh, you're on ESPN Radio. Josh, air your grievance. Love the show. Great for my rides in the morning. My grievance, I have an all-time talent down here in New Orleans. His name is Zion Williamson going into his third season with his third head coach good thing we have jackson hayes to to back him up oh wait a second he got arrested two days ago oh my god well steven adams we paid him 17 million wait a second trade him off in one year i mean we could talk about eric bledsoe but i haven't seen him in two years my team is historic for having hall of fame talent and letting them go because we cannot operate down here we've got good booze we got good parties but we cannot operate sports teams 
That is my grievance. I love the show. It is well made. Your grievance is very much noted. I agree with everything you said. I agree that the Anthony Davis departure is devastating. I agree that the eventual departure of Zion will be just as devastating. And I certainly agree that you have great booze and great food. There's no question about that (laughs) in the Big Easy. Greening on ESPN Radio. Connor, who's next? Let's go with Ray. All right, Ray, air your grievance. Yes, Greeny, big fan. Uh, As a Cowboys fan, I understand I'm in one of the most reviled groups of fandom in history, but there is no one who will criticize or, in fact, curse the Cowboys out faster than I will. So I just, you know, wonder why I have to wear that, you know, sort of scarlet leather of the horrible fandom because I'm horribly critical of the Cowboys. Jerry Jones crying at the recent press conference. Enough of it and just show me a Super Bowl already. I think it's getting ridiculous. Ray, let me ask you a question. Ray, let me ask you a question. What are your expectations for the Cowboys this year? Eight and nine. I mean, they're the Cowboys. But I mean, come on, man. We know what's going to happen, Greeny. They're they're the Cowboys. They're going to go eight and nine and lose every game that they should win. And, you know. Okay, fair enough. So, Ray, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to answer your question, and you have done a very good job of giving an appropriate answer. The reason people hate Cowboy fans so much is that the overwhelming majority of them are tweeting me every single day that you're winning the Super Bowl this year. And that's the reality of it. No matter what city you grow up in in this country, there are Cowboy fans. And when I was growing up in my neighborhood, there were three groups of fans. People who rooted for the Giants, people who rooted for the Jets, and people who rooted for the Cowboys. And that was in New York. And that's been that way for 40, 50 years, whatever it's been, since Landry and they became America's team. And they are delusional. I mean, I'm a Jet fan. I can tell you right now, they need to get the quarterback in camp so they can try and start the building process. I'm not sitting here telling you that we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. The Cowboy fans are tweeting me every day that they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. That is the answer to the question. But, Ray, I'm glad you were able to air your grievance. Greening on ESPN Radio, Connor, who's next? Let's go with Matt. All right, Max, go ahead and air your grievance. How's it going, everybody? It's Matt, not Max, but I'm sick of people treating the Denver Broncos like they're the New York Jets, that they have a bottom five roster and not a top five roster, excluding the quarterback. Look at the roster as it's currently constructed. You have three wide receivers that can compete with anybody. You have a good offensive line. You have a top five defense. And just because they don't have a quarterback, everyone's treating them like the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New York Jets. It was not too long ago that the Denver Broncos won a Super Bowl without representative quarterback play. And don't give me that they had Peyton Manning. It was more like they had Peyton, man, my neck hurts, Ing, <laughs> not Peyton Manning. So I get it. It's they, a good call. No, look, here's, 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 listen, first and foremost, this segment is about your ability to air your grievance, and you are welcome to do so whether I agree with it or not. So that's all good. Here's the thing. Does, do the Broncos have outstanding talent at wide receiver, particularly in Cortland Sutton if he's healthy, and Jerry Judy? Absolutely, it feels that way. Do they have um, an excellent to elite defense if Von Miller is healthy? Yes, they do. But the quarterback piece matters. If your quarterback is Drew Locke or your quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is good enough to be good enough. Which is to say, I agree, the Broncos, I believe, could be an outside playoff team. They could be a team that competes for that final playoff spot. The problem you have is that in your division, you've got Kansas City with Mahomes, 
And you've got the Chargers with Herbert, who I think we're going to start putting on that level after one more year of this. So that's the problem. So the Broncos need to get their next star quarterback in order to compete with that because both those guys are super young. Now, Aaron Rodgers isn't super young, but he wants to go there. So I believe the starting quarterback for the Broncos next year will be Aaron Rodgers. They also, depending on how everything turns out in Houston, might wind up with Deshaun Watson. So I agree with your general thought, Matt. That is a good roster and a team that with representative quarterback play might make the playoffs. But you're not winning another championship without getting one of those stars on the next level. All right, we're rolling on. Jay Billis will join us in the next hour and a whole lot more. Busy today on a Thursday. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.